And uh, I don't know what I'd do without Pastor Adele, hey? Isn't she awesome? And so she's going to come and preach the Word of God this morning. Put your hands together for Pastor Adele. (laughs) Hi, guys. Are we well? Good. Good. It's good to be here, isn't it? How goes the weather? The weather's warming up, going jacketless. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Great. So are we ready for the Word of God? Awesome. Awesome. This is part two of our Soul Focus series. And Pastor Mel shared a great message last week just on the importance um, and the ways to share our faith with each other, with, with those out there that don't already know Jesus. And we commonly in Christianity understand this to be evangelism, don't we? Go and evangelize, evangelism. And evangelism meaning to bring or announce the good news. And we also know that to bring and announce this good news was an instruction given by Jesus Christ to his followers, don't we? But what is this good news exactly then? Well, hopefully this morning we're going to look a little bit deeper into that together. Are we excited? Are we there? Are we awake? Right, let's go. (laughs) So as we read about the life of Jesus in, in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Many of us may have noticed that that Jesus gives many instructions to his disciples, doesn't he? Many instructions and many new things. Many things that that these guys, they hadn't really heard of before. It wasn't what sort of come naturally to them. Love my enemies? What? Consider everyone as equal? Forgive all the time, really? (laughs) Forgive all the time? Give my life away to find my life? What is this? This is so strange. What is this? And and these things really challenged the thought process of of man, of people, didn't it? And it ripped open um, the cultural traditions of the time and the social norms and expectations of the time. It just ripped that wide open. It was unlike anything that anybody had ever heard before. So it would seem then, when we think about this, that Jesus was bringing something new. Jesus was bringing something new, and he certainly was, wasn't he? Jesus brought with him and was breaking into the minds and the hearts of people a whole new realm, a whole new realm of reality, and that was the kingdom of God. Jesus was bringing the kingdom of God with him. It come in such a new, unique way. The kingdom of God arrived in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, Pastor Mel talked last week about how important it is for us as believers to merge our worlds with unbelievers. And we see God modeling it here, don't we? We see this on such a large scale. God first came and merged his world with ours. Merged his world with ours through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the merging of two worlds, begotten of God, born of woman. Fully God, fully man. Jesus Christ, heaven comes to earth. Amen. And through the forgiveness of our sins by his death and the promise of eternal life through his resurrection, Jesus would be the way God would restore his people back to himself. The way people could come back into the kingdom realm of God and experience God's presence in their lives. Colossians 1 um, tells us, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now this is good news, isn't it? 
Is this good news? This is great news. This is the good news. And we hear that straight from the mouth of Jesus in his very first sermon after he comes out of the wilderness, the temptation. His very first words are this. His me- Mark tells us his message was this. At last, the fulfillment of age has come. It is time for God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. This hope-filled gospel that God and his kingdom has arrived on earth for us. And this, this kingdom realm brings with it a whole new reality, a whole new way to think, a whole new way to, to be in this world, a whole new way to understand our life's meaning in this world, a whole new way to view ourselves and a whole new way to view others. You know, the kingdom of of heaven was so central to the teachings of Jesus and to the instructions that he gave his followers. And then before he leaves the earth and and he ascends back to heaven, there's one more significant instruction that he gives his followers. An instruction so significant, an instruction that would be the linchpin for all the other teachings and instructions that that he'd given. An instruction so significant for the spread of this good news. And an instruction which would eventually be the divine um, order in which the church would grow and spread. And many of us have come to know this, um, this instruction in our Bibles as the Great Commission. And And we probably will be familiar with it. And I'll read it to you in Matthew 28. Then Jesus came close to them and said, All authority of the universe has been given to me. Now wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. He's saying, guys, look, this good news... This good news about about the kingdom of God coming, about heaven touching earth, about being able to to experience God's presence again in this life and in the life after for eternity, it's not just for you 12. It's not just for you guys. You have to go and tell it to the world. And you're going to be my agent through which this good news is going to keep on spreading. He says, so go. And that's translated, go wherever you go, as you go, just in your everyday life. Tell people about me. Tell people of when heaven met earth. Tell people about how you can experience heaven again and how you can get heaven back inside of you. Tell people about how you can be rescued from the kingdom of darkness and you can be brought into the kingdom of light. Evangelism, the bringing or announcing of the good news. So significant, so simple, but so challenging, right? So challenging, the great tension of this Christian life that we live. So simple, yet so challenging. Because I don't know about any of you guys out there, but for me, evangelism used to be such just a heavy word. Such a weighty word. A word that was even quite scary. (laughs) And, you know, for some of you sat here right now, you might be feeling that as we're going through this series. Because the word evangelism can, can trigger many things for people, can't it? It can trigger things inside of you. For me, it triggered imagery. <laughs> and I would, I would picture, do I, oh gosh, do I have to go and stand on street corners and, and, you know, just shout, turn or burn to people as they walk past? Do I need to go and rugby tackle people in the park and get Jesus into them? Is that what I have to do? All this was going off in my head. And I, and I just... 
I've just rationalized, well, I can't do that. That's just not me. <laughs> no, I'm just not doing that. So, so, you know, what I would do is as soon as the word evangelism was mentioned, I'd just subconsciously switch off. <laughs> I wouldn't take it on board because I'd already decided in my head that's not my job. That's not my job. And I had my reasons. We all have our reasons, don't we? I had my excuses. Well, no, I'm just not clever enough. I don't know the scriptures well enough. I don't know the Bible well enough. You know, I can't debate the origins of the earth and evolution versus creation and, and all the things these clever people talk about. You know, what if someone asks me a question? <laughs> a question, we get so scared, don't we? What if someone asks me a question? So I'll just leave that one. I'll leave that. I'll stay over here. I'll still love Jesus. I'm still a good person, but I'll just leave that one for the clever people. I'll just leave that one for the anointed preachers and debaters. And I'll just carry on loving Jesus. <laughs> but there's a problem with that, guys, isn't there? There's a problem with that, guys, because Jesus told all his disciples to go and spread the good news. You know, he didn't say, okay, Peter... <laughs> You're a bit bold. We can see that. You know, you've done some out there things. So you're bold. So why don't, you know, we'll give this one to you. We'll give this job to you. You go out there and tackle people and spread the good news. And the rest of you sit this one out. Yeah, he didn't say that, did he? He said, no, all of you speak of me wherever you go. Why? Because you all know me. You've all experienced me. All your lives have connected with mine. You've all experienced my goodness and mercy. You all have something to say about me. So go, all of you. Go. And you don't need to, be, you don't need to worry about if you're going to be any good at it or not. Because I'm with you. I, excuse me, I am with you. All, and all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, and I'm going to be the one working through you. So you just have to speak about me. You just have to speak about me and have faith that when you do, something is going to happen. Something is going to happen in the atmosphere. Something is going to happen within that person. And we might not necessarily see it because it's spiritual. It's in the kingdom of God, the spiritual realm. But we have to have faith that something is happening when we speak about you. We don't have to worry about clever arguments. We don't have to worry about tactical debating. And we don't have to worry about if our words are powerful enough. Because, you know, there's nothing more powerful than God's word in your mouth. Because when that goes out, the presence of God goes with it. And it's God that's bringing conviction and salvation to the hearts of people. Paul says this. He says this in Corinthians. My brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. He didn't do any of that. And he could have. He was a clever guy. He didn't do any of that. For while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus Christ, the crucified Messiah. There is no clever argument more powerful than the undiluted message of Jesus Christ and the cross and the resurrection. And when we speak about this, when we speak about this message, when, when we consume to speak about only that, the Holy Spirit begins to testify to this message. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit that will um, convince people 
and testify within people to this message. The Bible said that as they went, as the disciples went and spoke and preached, the Holy Spirit began to work within them. Not as they stood still in the church congregations, as they went and proclaimed the gospel to people, the Holy Spirit worked, worked with them with signs and wonders following. We have to go for the Holy Spirit to work. So unfortunately, we can't justifiably excuse ourselves from this, like I tried to do. <laughs> tried every way. I wish I could. Well, could have. Because despite our fears, despite our self-rationalizing, despite our excuses, it is our job as followers of Jesus Christ to go and spread the good news, to, mer to keep merging these two worlds together. And that's why it's so important that we speak about this when we come together. It's so important we speak about this in church. That's why we're doing this series. You know, we come together to stir one another up. We come together to pray for one another, to have boldness, to go back out there and speak of Jesus Christ. And, and I love the way we term it here. I love the way we term it soul focus. Because, you know, if we can get our eyes just off that scary concept of evangelism and evangelize and the theology that, you know, if we can just get our eyes on people and the souls and their well-beings, because in essence, that's what it is, isn't it? Having enough concern for the people in our lives, enough concern for their soul and their welfare that we'll risk speaking out. We'll risk feeling awkward and maybe a bit weird in the moment because, because the, the concern for that person in front of us is far much more than any temporal emotion or feeling that's going to come and go within us. This is why we do it. And that's it. Peter and, and Paul said, pray for me, guys. I can go back out and speak this word, word boldly. Pray for me. And we, we, Pastor Mel's been saying we need one another. We need to come together, pray for one another, stir one another up. You know, the mission of the church is not entertainment, is it? The mission of the church is an entertainment. And, and God forbid that we reduce it down to that, guys. God forbid we reduce it down to that. The church exists as the doorway of salvation for people. The church is the hope and light of the world. God forbid we reduce it down to entertainment. It exists for our souls to be restored back to God and experience God's presence. And as a member of his church, you're a part of that mission. You're a part of that mission. Mission. You know, we gather to strengthen. We go back out to speak. We gather to be filled. We go back out to fill others. We gather to receive the light. We go back out to shine the light. Come on, guys. We gather to receive the, the seed of life. We go back out to scatter the seed of life. We gather to contain God's kingdom. We go back out as carriers of God's kingdom. This is what the church is for. And this is what the church has always existed for. We see it right back um, in its conception when we read the book of Acts. Right back in its conception. You know, the believers, um, the new believers of Jesus Christ, they would meet daily in the temple courts. They would meet daily. They would devote, the book of Acts says, they would devote themselves to, to the teaching, to the scriptures. 
and they would pray for one another. They would strengthen one another and they would celebrate Jesus Christ together through communion and through worship. And, and they would go back out and the praises of God was continually on their mouth. They will go back out praising and speaking of Jesus. And the Bible says, and the Lord added to their number daily, added to their number daily, Jesus Christ building the church through his disciples and his followers. I heard someone once say, we will never get the church of God to increase without the word of God increasing. And you know, Guys, we must ask ourselves this, this challenging question, and, and I include myself in this as well. Are we coming to church to be entertained, or are we coming to church to be equipped? Are we coming to church to have our own um, souls stirred and cared for, but then leaving without a soul focus in mind for others? He says, go and speak of me wherever you go, and, and don't worry, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. The divine order for the continuation and growth of the church. And you know, evangelism didn't start with us, did it? Nothing really starts with us, does it? It's all God, isn't it? It's all God. And, and we see this theme of evangelism woven throughout the Bible from the very beginning. In the opening scene of Genesis, God creates a perfect world. He says, in the beginning to read off that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth he creates a perfect world and we know it was good he said it was good scene two man ruins God's creation Genesis 3 6 when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it she also gave um, some to her husband who was with her and he ate it God creates a perfect world Man ruins God's creation. Scene three, God comes seeking after man. Then the man and his wife um, heard the sound of the Lord in the garden, as heard the sound of the Lord God as he walked through the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from him. So look, from, hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you? God seeking man, where are you? You know, it's the only world religion where God comes to seek after man. It's normally man seeking after God, isn't it? But God comes to seek after man. And he continues to seek after man until he finds one man, Abraham. A man who he can work with. A man he can work through. A man he can use and a family he can form into a nation. A nation that would would deliver a blessing to the rest of the nations. And that blessing would be God himself manifest in the person of Jesus Christ. Heaven touching earth, the king comes. I love that song that we sung. The king is alive, the king came. The king has come and he's still alive. And what does he come to earth to do? It tells us in Luke 19.10, the son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those that are lost. It continues. And then as he ascends to heaven, the church is empowered with the Holy Spirit to continue seeking and saving those who are lost, God working through them. From beginning to end, a unique story of creator seeking his created, of God's relentless pursuit of man, driven by his relentless love of man. From the first creation all the way to the new creation. 
It's such a unique story. It has dimensions in, in history, which gives us a clear identity, and it also gives us a clear hope for our future. You know, this story is unparalleled. It is unparalleled, it is unprecedented, and it is undefeated. We really have nothing to be ashamed about when we go and share this gospel message. And you know, all of us who are in Christ, we've been found by God at some point, haven't we? God's seeked us out and he's found us at some point. And there was a moment where our world collided with his. There was a moment where our story got knitted into his story. There was a moment where our story became one of love and redemption. And praise Jesus, praise Jesus. That's, that's just amazing. But you know, there's people still lost out there, right? There's people still lost out there. Others need their lives touching. Others need their world colliding with his. Others need their story brought into the bigger story. Others need to see the hope and the love and redemption. And once we come into the kingdom of God, the plan is that we're not onlookers anymore. We don't stay onlookers. We, we become actively involved with God in this process of seeking and searching. We become involved in this ongoing story of love and redemption of the whole world. And, you know, Pastor Mel mentioned last week about the, the, just the times that we're living in and how God has just been pushed sort of into the private spheres of our life, spheres of our life. But, you know, I pray a people that, I pray we will be a people that doesn't push God into the private areas of our life. I pray we wouldn't be behind closed doors Christians. We have nothing to be ashamed of. I pray that we would be a people that share what we carry in, that share the kingdom of God, that share the hope and the love that we found and that he so desperately wants to get to other people. I pray we would be that people. And I pray, as Peter says, that we would be always ready with an answer for the living hope that's inside of us, for the living hope that we carry. huge, just amazing story of love and love and redemption. But how do we bring that down in, into our everyday life? It's so big. How do we bring that down um, into something just practical for us? I want to give us a, a few things. And, and, and this is not a formula. It's really, I'm not saying do this and <laughs> then you'll just win everyone. You know, it's just something to help us because it's not about man's words and systems, is it? It's about the power and the presence of God, right? So I'm just giving you a few things just to equip us. And they all start with R, because I'm a bit of a nerd like that, but it might help us remember, okay? <laughs> really have to move past that. Okay, so the first one is real. And by real, I mean that, that as Christians, um, we, we really need to have a real living relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, um, intellect is good, and we need that. We need that. But what's equally important is to have a living, experiential relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if all we have is a head knowledge, our heart hasn't yet been touched by Him, we're going to be less compelled to go out and share the good news. Because it's just not that real to us yet. It's just not that real on the inside. Billy Graham once said, you have to get a Billy Graham quote in, don't we? Billy Graham once said, could it be? That the greatest hindrance to evangelism is the poverty of our own experiences. And I have to ask that for myself. Ask it for yourself. Is it that? But once we personally experience Jesus Christ and his presence and his love for us, it's like something just grows on the inside of us, right? Something bubbles up on the inside of us. It overwhelms us and we, it's like we can't help ourselves. 
We've just got to speak. It won't stay in. You know, naturally, we speak about what we love, don't we? We speak about what we delight in. Parents speak about their children. Pet parents speak about their pets. <laughs> Foodies speak about food, right? What, what we love, what we delight in, we naturally speak about. And it's the same with Jesus Christ. The more we delight in him, the more we fall in love with him, the more naturally we're just going to talk about it. And it's not going to feel weird. It's not going to feel awkward. It's just going to be how we naturally talk. The Apostle Paul was articulating this in 2 Corinthians, and he said, If we are out of our mind, as some say, it's for God. If we are in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and then for all died. Paul had such a, a powerful, personal, living experience of Jesus Christ and his love, and it left him no choice. It compelled him, and that word can mean forced. It, it sort of forced him to speak about it. He couldn't help himself. When we allow the love of Jesus to flood our hearts and lives, we will naturally share this good news with people. So number two is recognize, and, and Pastor Mel spoke brilliantly on this last week, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but I just want to share a testimony, a personal one. You know, recognize the people who are in front of you, who God's placing on your heart. Um, you know, someone recognized me once. Someone recognized me. I... Um, and I don't know if, if this person had been asking God to put someone on her heart, but I definitely know that I needed what she was given. I was lost, and I don't know if we can remember what it felt like to be lost, what our lives were like without Jesus. I was sad most of the time. I was sad, and I, was, I felt hopeless. I was desperate because I was searching for something to fill me inside of me that I couldn't seem to find. I was tired. Matthew 9:36 tells us, that Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And that was me. It could have been you. I was harassed. I was helpless. I was searching for something. I didn't know what my life meant if, or even if it meant anything at all. Was my life even important? I don't know. And then I had such just a simple conversation with a work colleague. I said, hey, what did you do over Easter? She said, oh, I went to church. And, and she began to share a little bit and, and said a little bit of a faith. And then said, hey, why don't you come along next Sunday? And that was it. You know, she didn't amaze me with the historical facts. She didn't start debating there and then give me the proof of the resurrection or answer all my questions theologically and comprehensively right there. She just said, hey, come along to church. And you know, I went. And I went because she was a nice person. I went because she was a good and gentle and loving person. And I, I could see that. And I liked being in her presence. And I could also see that she was so content with who she was and a place in this world. And I needed that. I so needed that. So I went to church. And I gave my life to Christ on the very first time in church. And my life completely changed direction. And, you know, again, it wasn't because the preacher said something amazing and clever. In fact, I forgot his sermon. Please don't forget mine. <laughs> so quickly. I forgot what he was talking about. It wasn't about man's words. It's because the presence of God was there. And the power of God was there. And because someone opened a door for me to walk into and experience that. And then in that space, the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart. And I never looked back. God is with us. We never need to be worried about the power of our own words when we have the power and the presence of God with us. And then lastly, remember, 
remember. Remember why we do it, guys. You know, it's not to get our own following, is it? Gosh, it's not to be popular. It's not to try and manipulate or control people. Why do we do it? It's because Jesus said in John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way back to God, the only way to experience heaven and come back into the kingdom realm of God. There is no other hope for us and the world outside of Jesus. That's why we do it. There is no other name by which man can be saved. And Paul says in Romans, so how can they call for him for help if they've not yet believed? And how can they believe if, if no one, um, if, let me just read it off there. But how can they call on him for help if they've not yet believed? And how can they believe in the one they have not yet heard of? And how can they hear the message of life if there is no one there to proclaim it? Or oh, let's be proclaimers of life, church. Let's be proclaimers of life. There's no way around it. People need Jesus, and we need to tell them about it. There's a great gospel preacher called S.M. Lockridge, and I love what he says. He says this, people are killing themselves just trying to live, just trying to live. People think they can find peace of mind in pills. They can eat their way to ecstasy. They can try and drink their way to pleasure and smoke their way to settle nerves. They puff their way to popularity and they push their way to power. People are killing themselves just trying to live. He says, but I know a place where every man has a chance. He says, I know a place where sick people can become well. He says, I know of a place where bad people can become good and where good people can become better he says I know a person I know of a person that provides strength for the weak that provides hope for the hopeless that provides rest for the tired and tested and defense for the people feeble he says I know that person do you know that person church do you know him I know that person he says I know a person who makes the overlooked into overcomers, who makes sinners into saints, who makes the peace less into the peaceful, who makes the hope less into the hopeful. He says, I know that person. Do you know that person, church? Do you know him? I know him. I know him. He is indescribable, incomprehensible, invincible, and irresistible. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Do you know that person, church? I know that person. He delivers the captives. And he makes dead people live again. Do you know that person, church? I know that person and his name is King Jesus. Amen. And we need to go and tell the world about King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, we love you. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We're just going to take this time. Um, I want to pray for you guys. And then what we want to do, what we've been doing during our soul focus, we have um, cards on our seats. And if God has placed someone on your heart, maybe even right now or, or, or through the week, if God's placed someone on your heart that you really want that person to, to, to come into salvation, to be restored back to God, what I'd ask you to do is to write it on the card. And, and in a minute, as, as the worship team sings shortly, we're going to come up and we're going to play some cards in this box here. And what our team does, what our pastors, what our leadership does is they pray over this throughout the week. 
well, all the time. And, you know, we've seen, this is, we did this last year, and we've seen some amazing, amazing miracles from this. So we're going to do that shortly. I just want to pray. Can we pray together, church? Thank you, Lord. If you're listening to, to this, if, you, if you're in this room or you're online and, and you've not yet received Jesus as your Savior, you've not yet experienced living experience of Jesus, I've been brought back into, the, into restoration with God. And this is your time to do that. You know, you're not here by accident. You're not listening to this by accident. Jesus has, has drew you to this place. I just ask if you say this prayer after me and and church, can can we repeat it as well? Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you died for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins now. I believe God raised you from the dead. And I look to you now as my Savior, my hope, my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you did pray that, please come and see one of us or let us know online because we want to get some resources to you. You'll need people around you as you begin your journey, and we want to be them people. I just want to pray for us all now just before we go into a time of worship and we complete our cards. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this gathering here this morning. Thank you for everybody in this room. Lord, I pray that that you you give us a boldness to speak your word, to speak your word without fear, without reservation, without worrying what people might think of us or what do they think of us. Lord, give us that boldness. Give us that conviction that you are the hope of the world. You are the hope of the world. And Lord, as we go out and as we begin to share this good news, just like with the early church, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you confirm the word with signs and wonders. I pray we see many come back into your kingdom, Lord God. And we love you. We lift your name high. You are Jesus, the king of the world, the king of our lives, the king of our situations. We love you. We're just going to take time to worship you now, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.